Hello and welcome to uh, my first podcast. It's called My Thoughts on the World. Our first episode is entitled Politicians and the Fed. Okay, we're going to be talking about them. So stay tuned. Now some of you might wonder, what's the Fed, Jace? Well, the Fed is not the FBI. That's, that's another corrupt organization altogether. The Fed is the Federal Reserve. And what the Federal Reserve does is it prints money for the United States. And this is the reason why we are in such debt today. is because of the Federal Reserve. One of the biggest Ponzi schemes in all of history belongs to the Fed. Now, who owns the Fed? Is it the guys in Washington? Well, it's not the government. The government doesn't own the Fed. The Fed, the Federal Reserve, is a private organization. It has nothing to do with the government. Like the, the guy in Zeitgeist said, it's about as federal as Federal Express. So, who owns the Fed? Well, a certain, uh, a certain families own the Fed. Uh, you have the Warburgs, you have the Rockefellers, the Morgans, from J.P. Morgans, and the Rothschilds. Now, these people are the ones that are controlling your money. So, you, you are their slaves. Now, in 1913, the Fed was reactivated. Okay, it was shut down for a long time. Andrew Jackson shut them down and was the only president in history to pay off the national debt. Think about that. Paying off the national debt. What could be better? You know? Okay. Um, I mean, uh, they, they came out with a booklet... The Federal Reserve came out with a booklet called Modern Money Mechanics. And it's a must-read. You must read this because it tells you how money is created. I'll, I'll just, I'm just going to read the introduction to you. And, uh, okay, here we go. The purpose of this booklet is to describe the basic process of money creation in a fractional reserve banking system. The approach taken illustrates the changes in bank balance sheets that occur when deposits in banks change as a result of monetary action by the Federal Reserve System, which is the central bank of the United States. The relationships shown are based on simplifying assumptions, and for the sake of simplicity, the relationships are shown as if they were mechanical, but they are not. As in described later in the booklet, thus they should not be interpreted to imply a close and predictable relationship between a specific central bank transaction and a quantity of money. Okay? Now, what's money? Well, right now, our money isn't worth shit. Okay? And the reason why it's not worth shit is because of that one word, inflation. When it comes to money, it's always nice to have scarcity because scarcity gives the money value. Inflation brings down the value of a dollar. Inflation is when you have too much money. When there's too much money in circulation, that's inflation. And of course, the, the, the fuckwads in Washington are still printing money. 
We're in a six, 14 to 16 trillion dollar deficit and they're still printing money like it's nothing. It, it just boggles my mind how these guys can do this. It's amazing. Um, okay, money. It's viewed as a tool to facilitate transactions. That's all it's for. So, what makes money valuable? Well, I, I, I said it's... Uh, is, uh, I'll read what uh, the mechanic says. It says, In the United States, neither paper currency nor deposits have value as commodities. Intrinsically, a dollar bill is just a piece of paper. Deposits are merely book entries. Coins do have some intrinsic value as metal, but generally far less than their face value. So a penny really isn't worth a penny. It's worth a lot less. Uh, then, of course, you have checks, um, monetary, uh, not monetary uses, but you have uh, financial assets and stuff like that. But then, of course, like I said, money, like anything else, derives its value from its scarcity in relation to its usefulness. You see, the less money you have, the more valuable the, the uh, money is. Like back in the 30s and stuff like that, when when you think, oh man, a hamburger just cost a nickel. Yeah, because money was scarce. Of course, back then a nickel was expensive, but nowadays it's not. It's 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 wonderful. It's a one. It's it's like wow, you know. Now a hamburger costs what three four dollars for a hamburger? Maybe for a meal if you get burgers and fries, but who gives a fuck, right? But anyway, now who creates the money? Just like I said. Changes in the quantity of money may originate with actions of the Federal Reserve System, okay, which is a central bank. Now, de- depository institutions, primarily commercial banks or the public, the major control, however, rests on the central bank, one of the most corrupt organizations in this country. And like I said, it, it, is, not, it is not part of the government. Okay, I had a, a guy call in one time and said, um, that 90% of the people he talked to said, thought that the, Fe- the Federal Reserve was part of the government. It's not. It's not. Now, the actual process of money creation takes place primarily in banks. Okay? Now, all money in existence is borrowed. Okay? The money in your wallet right now is borrowed by someone and went through a string of transactions before ending up in your wallet. Now, perhaps someone wanting to start a business, let's say, they, they use the money to pay their staff. Okay? Then that staff uses the money to buy groceries from other businesses. And that business used that money to pay their staff. Now, eventually your boss is going to pay you okay? if you're employed. Now, there are a few variations, okay? but essentially you trade your labor... And your skills for money. In other words, you're a slave to the grind. You know, you in, in order to live, you have to work. Okay? In order to eat, you have to work. In order to have nice things, you have to work. That's the way it is. They control you. Now, the monetary system is inflationary. It's it's You can't get around it. Okay? Now... It's inflationary in two ways, okay? All money is borrowed, 
like I said, and someone is accruing interest on it. That someone is the Fed. Now, the new money resulting from the interest, it didn't exist in the monetary system. It was created out of thin air. You know, they don't have nothing to back it. The only thing that gives money value is how much is in circulation. Okay? So they just create this shit out of thin air. And it would be really nice to just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to need 20 bucks. So you go down and, and uh, onto your computer and, and, and say, okay, go to the bank website and then print 20 bucks. And there's 20 bucks. It's wonderful to create out of thin air. Of course, everybody in America would go to prison for that. Call counterfeiting, but not the Fed. The Feds are allowed to counterfeit. And they're probably protected with immunity. Okay? Now, there's a fatal flaw in our monetary system. Okay? Now, whenever the money supply is increased, like I said, inflation, the value of everyone's money is decreased. Now, this means the buying power of your money is able to is able to obtain less goods and services than before the increase. Now, a little interest on a debt may not seem like a lot of new money being introduced. But remember, all that money in existence is borrowed by someone. Remember that. Now, where do the banks get their money? The regular banks, you know, Morgan Chase, Bank of America, where do they get their money? Well, whenever money is borrowed, it is introducing new money into the system. Okay? Like I said before. Now, the regular person borrows it from a bank, and that bank borrows it from the central bank. And that central bank just creates the new money out of thin air. How wonderful is that? Now, for accounting purposes, the central bank balances their books with the new money on the one side and the debt owed on the other side. But it doesn't change the fact that the money did not previously exist. Now, just like the interest, whenever the money supply is increased, the value of everyone's money is decreased. Once again, I cannot stress that enough. Okay? Now, the debt attached to that money is called interest. And the principal plus the interest will always, always exceed the money supply. We will never have enough money to pay off the interest. Because in order to pay off the interest, you have to create more money. So it is an unpayable debt. I mean, look at Greece and Ireland. You know, and so many other countries. The people in these countries and the countries themselves owe so much money that they can't continue to make their payments. Now, this is a new problem that our forefathers never had to deal with because probably they traded, you know, money was scarce. But our lavish lifestyle here in America, our need for fucking reality TV and all this other shit, it's, it's starting to catch up with us. You know, living outside our means, wanting that new car instead of, you know, getting the economy model you get the lavish one that costs 20,000 more you know now our current economic system requires infinite growth which is impossible I mean it's impossible on a planet with limited resources 
It's not unlimited. Sooner or later, we're going to run out of stuff. Maybe not in the next 50 years, but sooner or later, we're going to run out of our resources. Now, infinite growth means the economy requires us to keep buying and consuming at an increasing rate. And if we stop, then it just falls apart. Business fails. Unemployment rises. The unemployed don't have money to spend on their local community. And the downward spiral begins, just like it's happening now. Unemployment rates up past 9%. I mean, it's just ridiculous. When was the last time you had a raise at work? It's probably been a while. You know, the, the cost of living increases, but the cost of living raises don't. Now, you're probably asking yourself, well, there's got to be a fix to it. There isn't. There is no fix. We are in, in so deep. The only way we're ever going to get ourselves out of there is to say, hey, Federal Reserve, can't pay you back. Uh, and by the way, we're going to have to shut you down and we're going to start printing our own money and backing it by something else besides nothing. I mean, you can back money in, in just about anything. It doesn't have to be just gold. You can back money in, in, in commerce. You can back money in commodities. I mean, anything of value can make that dollar valuable. It doesn't have to be just gold. It could be silver, steel, corn, wheat, whatever we have, whatever we use, whatever we sell. It can be used. Now, like I said, the seventh president of the United States, Andrew Jackson, one of my faves, who was nicknamed Old Hickory, by the way, was the first one to pay off the national debt. Now, he, he told Martin Van Buren that the bank, quote, is trying to kill me, but I will kill it. And he did. And this is the reason why the bank needed to be abolished. These are the, the reasons he gave. It concentrated the nation's financial strength in a single institution. That's what's happening right now. It exposed the government to control by foreign interests. That's what's happening right now. Perfect example, China. It served mainly to make the rich richer. Now I'm sure everybody knows that's happening now. It exercised too much control over members of Congress. Those assholes up there that are, that are just taking in all these massive profits off of you, the American citizen. And it favored northeastern states over southern and western states. Of course, the Civil War, but that was a long time ago. Now, banks are controlled by a few select families. Just like I said, Warburgs, Rockefellers, list goes on. And banks have a long history of instigating wars between nations, forcing them to borrow funding to pay for them. Give you examples. World War I, the sinking of the Lusitania. World War II, bombing of Pearl Harbor. Vietnam, the Gulf of Tonkin incident never happened. Korea, should have never been there to begin with. The Iraq Wars. 9-11. 9-11 was, wasn't even the fault of so-called Islamic terrorists. That was just a story put in there to scare everybody into saying, 
Yes, yes, we need, we need to go to war against these people because if we don't go to war over there, they're going to follow us over here. It's exactly what Bush said. You know what? They haven't followed us. Now, who blew up the Oklahoma City building? An American. That's who did. And there's a lot of other American terrorists that are not of Arab descent that are wreaking havoc on America today. It's not the uh, Islamic terrorists. Okay? Why would they even give a shit less about us? They're, they're killing people in their own country. Why the hell should we worry about them? We don't. We don't give, I don't give a shit about them. If you want to protect me against somebody, don't protect me against Islamic terrorists. Protect me from Americans. Okay? When was the last time an Arab broke into your car and stole your stereo? When was the last time an Arab broke into your house and stole your jewelry? Protect me from the gang members. Protect me from the child molesters. Protect me from the rapists. Protect me from, from the, protect my family from these people. Don't protect me from uh, Islamic terrorists and Arabs. Uh, what, what kind of interest do they have in me? Or you, for that matter. If they have interest in the in, in the high big wigs in office over there, maybe they should kill them. Maybe we should get somebody else in there because obviously if they want if they want to kill them, then they obviously did something to them to piss them off. But of course, what do we do? We blame it on them. Then we ask the American people to fund a war that should have never been funded in the first place. And that is what happened. Got us into so much shit that we can't get out of it. So it's time that we just shut down. This fucking organization that is killing America. Now, it's 2011, okay? And we all know the presidential election is going to be here. So, let me give you the definition of a politician. And no, it's not a slimy worm. It should be, but it's not. A politician, or a political leader, as people like to call them, it's an individual who is involved in influencing public policy and decision-making. Wow. That's something none of our politicians do. Now, I'm going to name off a couple of people who, uh, who are running for the presidential ticket in the coming uh, elections. And uh, you've probably never even heard of most of these people. You only hear about the ones on TV because they have the money. You have the money, you get the seat. Now, remember this. Okay, remember this. Presidents are not put there to change things. Presidents are put there to keep things the way they are. And we see it every time a president is elected. Every time. Now, we have a socialist presidential candidate, Stuart Alexander, who's a political activist. Okay? Now, he's 59. He's a former radio talk show host. I wouldn't vote for this fucker. Michelle Bachman. And I've seen pictures of Michelle Bachman. That woman is fucking hot. But I wouldn't vote for her either because she's a Republican. She's probably an evangelical. And that's another show altogether. Now, she's a U.S. representative from Minnesota. She, uh, as it says here, an attractive Iowan, a former lawyer... And uh, she officially announced her entry into the GOP nomination race at the start of the New Hampshire presidential debate on June 13, 2011. Now, she started off her political life as a Democrat. 
before switching to the Republican platform. In her final year at the state university where she was from, uh, Winona State University. Now, what does that tell you? Republicans and Democrats are the same. There's really no difference to them. They both answer to the same office, the office of the Federal Reserve, the office of the banks, those crooks in the $5,000 suits on Wall Street. That's who they answer to. They don't answer to you. And I'm pretty sure that the, the Wall Street barbarians have already said who the next president's going to be. I'm sure it's already predetermined. So your voting probably won't even count. So what you need to do is the next time you go to the voting box, okay, next time you go to the voting box, click on the other and put your name in there. Because I'm sure you could do a hell of a lot better than Michelle Bachman or Stuart Alexander or this guy, Herman Cain, who's a cancer survivor. And you know, that's another thing. A lot of these guys run on the, on the notion, well, I'm a cancer survivor, so... You know, I'm, I'm going to help with people with cancer. And that's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to, to be for. Okay, and I'm sure everybody who's a cancer survivor out there says, wow, this guy's a cancer survivor. I'm sure he can help. Well, that's wonderful, but that's only one thing. You know, he could be a cancer survivor that helps the people with cancer. But on the other hand, he could be a complete asshole to uh, the people who don't have cancer and raise their taxes and shut down their programs and everything else. You can't vote on somebody because it's the kind of guy you want to chug a beer with. Okay? You can't do that. You have to listen to their politics. And most of the time, 99.9% of the time, they're, they're lying through their fucking teeth. And that's the problem. You can't tell if they're telling the truth or if they're lying. But most of the time, it ends up to be a lie anyway. So wh why even bother? So just go to, the ballot, go to the ballot box and put your name in for president. Let's see who wins. Now, we got the former chair of the Libertarian Party of Texas, one of my home state, okay, which I got out of. And that's uh, another episode altogether. But his name is Roger Gary, and he's a longtime liberty activist and lifetime member of the Libertarian Party. Now, we have this asshole, uh, the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. If that guy wins, I'm moving out of this, I'm moving out of this country. I'm moving to Canada because I, I can't stand Newt Gingrich. I can't stand Bush. I can't stand Obama. I can't stand... The only guy who ever really did things for us was Clinton. Eight years of peace and a roaring economy. And the man gets punished. You know, we had a surplus when he left office. A surplus. And, of course, Bush turned it into a deficit. Now, we got John Greenspan, Republican presidential candidate. Oh, by the way, Newt Gingrich is a Republican candidate. Um, the former governor of Utah and the ambassador to China. Ooh, big fucking deal with that one, huh? John Hunster. Huntsman. Um, he's, he's a former governor of Utah. Like I said, an ambassador of China. Who gives a shit? Okay, the former governor of New Mexico. He's running on the Republican ticket. Uh, Gary Johnson. Now, he was a former libertarian Republican governor. What's, what's a libertarian Republican governor? That's like saying a gay Christian. You know, he, does not, he doesn't attend church. He's pro-choice. He's anti-big government. He's pro-immigration. And an outspoken critic on the war on drugs and favors legalizing marijuana. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, you, you draw your own conclusions on that one. 
Okay, now we got Fred Carger, who's a political consultant and a gay rights activist. And believe it, folks, this guy, this guy is one of the shrewdest Republican political operators in the past three decades. Okay, now he announced the formation of his 2012 exploratory committee on July 18, 2010, making him the first ever, first ever openly gay aspirant for the presidency. Okay, it's a gay president. What's next? Now, despite being a lifelong Republican, he's going to be running on the independent ticket. Because you know how the Republicans and the evangelicals and the Christians feel about gay people. And that's another show altogether. Now, his campaign was hit with a sucker punch when he was locked out of the Carolina Republican Party presidential debate on May 5th with the organizers citing his low poll numbers as the reason. Not because he was a gay candidate, but because he had low poll numbers. So in other words, being that not a lot of people were for him, he wasn't good enough to be in the debate. He probably just didn't have enough money, because you got to be fucking rich to go in there. Because most of these people, what do these people even do it for the money for? They don't even do it for the money, because they're fucking millionaires. Who does it for the money? They do. I guess enough is just never enough. How much more money can we sap out of these people's veins? I mean, how, can, how much more can we exploit the American citizens? That is their job. That is their goal. How many more times can I rape the American people out of their wealth? Now, Andy Martin, a self-professed people's attorney general and internet powerhouse. Internet powerhouse. I'm sure the guy is a multi-millionaire. Okay. Now, he's famously remembered as the source of the claim mail and online reports. I mean, I'm source of the chain mail and online reports questioning the citizenship of President Obama. You know, of course, you had to be born here in America to become president. Okay, and they said Obama was born in Africa or something like that. Of course, Donald Trump did it too, wanted to see his, his birth certificate. But anyway... He filed his papers as a candidate for the next presidential election on February 8th and was quoted two weeks later saying, Obama plays for keeps. He plays rough, and that's the only way to beat him. And I'm the one that is tough enough to do that. Well, you know what? So did Rick Perry. You guys need to stop uh, plagiarizing off each other. He's rough. He ain't rough. None of you guys are rough. Thad McCotter, Republican. Jimmy McMillan, another Republican. Uh, Tom Miller. R- Roy Moore. Barack Obama, of course. Ron Paul. And the biggest asshole of them all. Rick the Dick Perry. Now, he's the current governor of Texas. Now, remember what happened when they put a former governor of Texas in the White House. I'm not going to mention any names. George Bush. Remember what happened. Okay? Rick Perry is probably an identical twin. Okay? Because he's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to go in it. Well, I think I am. You know? Now all of a sudden his publicity generated by the uh, Ames straw poll, you know, he took advantage of that because the straw poll said that he, I, he's, you know, he's really, really uh, popular. And uh, he announced his uh, 
nomination race in uh, Charleston, South Carolina with a confident declaration, I full well believe I'm going to win. I'm sure because he prayed about it. You know, he prayed about it and God said, Rick Perry, let me tell you something. You, my child, are going to win this race. Now, people think that his candidacy is expected to reinvigorate and hitherto subdue Republican evangelical grassroots and inject some excitement into the contest. You're full of shit, Rick Perry. You're full of shit. And don't even think that I'm going to vote for you. Ron Paul, you stink. Barack Obama, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if you were dropped on your head or what. I don't know. And what's this other guy? The Newt Gingrich. He never had a chance. John Huntsman. And, of course... Michelle Bachman. No, I have to admit that she is hot. She is hot. But Hillary Clinton is hotter. If Hillary Clinton runs, I'm going to vote for her just because she's hot. You know, I mean, we're already fucked up as it is. What's another four years going to make? You know, it ain't going to make no bit of difference. But at least we're going to have a hot, hot person in the White House. So... What have we learned here? Well, Republicans are assholes and the Federal Reserve needs to be shut down. Will it happen? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But sooner or later when it collapses and we have to start all over again, when we're uh, you know, trading stones and bricks and stuff like that for food or whatever, then maybe we'll finally come to our senses, learn from history, and say, hey, I fuck, we fucked up. It's time to make it right. So, remember this though. Life is a ticket to the greatest show on earth. I firmly believe that, and I hope you do too. Now in our next episode, we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, the Christian right. About all their scandals and everything. So now, if you want to email me with some questions or you have some comments... I'll put them on the on the on the podcast here. It's uh, Solis Theory at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-I-S-T-H-E-O-R-Y at gmail.com. Okay? Email me with a question, answer, comment. It don't matter. If 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 you disagree, if you agree, I don't care what language you use, I want to put it on the air. Alright? So We'll see you next time, all right? And if you don't want to send me just a regular email, go ahead and send me an MP3 email, and uh, I'll put it on the show. That way it doesn't come from my mouth, it comes from yours. That way there's no doubt as to who said it and what was said, all right? If you guys do that, I much appreciate it. Remember, this is my thoughts on the world. I want to hear your thoughts either through email or a mp3 email like i said i'll put it on the show all right all right my friends till next time